Medical Clinic. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast again today from the Nebraska State Fair as it is officially underway. And you can guarantee there was a lot of market checkers, as we will call them today. Just kind of keeping an eye as to what was happening in this market trade. We're going to talk about what's really going on in this cattle. That uncertainty that we're seeing within the cattle market. Now some still talking some issues when it comes to kill numbers. We know that there has been some plant disruptions. That's really out of those plants uh, hands shall we say at this point we'll also take a look at the grains as they broke early and what we saw in some rains and african swine fever talk not as bad as what the initial panic was all these details coming with brad coima he's with coima coima and varlica sioux center iowa let's start out there has been a little bit of uncertainty in this cattle market and i like how you summed it up in such a simple word uncertainty well unfortunately thanks for having me on by the way susan um i the, the, the one thing that after 41 years of this deal that I, that I am pretty sure of is that uncertainty uh, is bearish cattle. And, um, it, the, the, you know, some would, would, would claim that uh, uh, that demand for, for beef is something that is, in, is elastic. In other words, it depends on the price, depends on how the consumer's feeling, depends on how much jingles in his pocket, whatever. You know, um, I, I think that's changing a bit, but... but um, you know, whenever you can disrupt demand, and we've just gone through all those events, right? Uh, we all know what that's like. Um, so that 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 that's the problem. So what I'm talking about specifically is, you know, worry about the the, uh, the Delta variant of COVID. You know, if that's going to create, um, you know, issues again like we fought with last year. Um, I think this even this matter in Afghanistan is troubling, and um, uh, you know, people worry about well, what if you know another attack, or what if it's one here and uh, you know, it, the mind races quickly into, into, into bad conclusions. But so I, I think that that might have been a little bit of the deal um, with the uncertainty part. But, but you know, indeed, we have had a little trouble the last few days with some uh, kill capacity or, or the lack of getting enough cattle dead. Uh, and that, unfortunately, was is, is a little more real. Let's talk about that, because the struggles that happened in these plants started midweek, and it's just continued to plague them into a Friday. Right, and it, and this really, this isn't a labor issue. This isn't, uh, you know, something like that specific to COVID. It's, it's mechanical. Um, one, I think, a computer glitch that hurt one of the Colorado plants, but I believe they are going to run their B shift here today. Um, and then another, an issue with, with water or lack thereof in a in a plant. Um, and hopefully that's resolved too as we get into next week. But. You know, anytime you get uh, this, this shortfall in the slaughter, like 14,000 on a daily basis, we should be dealing at 120. Uh, we know we got a lot of supply, you know, so, I mean, the guys that are negative are pretty quick to go, oh, we're going to back up cattle. I, I think that's a bit of an overreaction, but I certainly think that that was part of the problem with why the market sold off here the last couple of days. I asked you this uh, during this week's cattle call, which, by the way, I'm going to do a, a plug that they can see through our uh, Rural Radio Network and on our website, uh, to see what we talked about more in depth but i you brought up the missing of august futures and i thought your answer during cattle call was was so perfect looking from a cattle perspective are you going to be happy when we are into september (laughs) good riddance i guess would be my uh, uh, you know paraphrase that would be the scientific answer for that yeah um we've got a terrific disparity in the cash market from north to south um 
I, I'm, I think it's a record. I don't know. I don't know if people keep track of those things exactly, but it, it's certainly more than I can ever remember. So what happens is, is, is you know, it, it's uh, you, you spill a glass of water, it, it goes and runs in the lowest part of your room, right? I mean, and and so you, when you've got the, the an area in the south here that has apparently difficulty getting their cattle merchandise, they end up. Uh, uh, making delivery is what the, a couple of these entities, one in particular, has chosen to do off and on here throughout the August delivery period. What that does is it chases the longs because the long doesn't really want to get the cattle down in Tulia, uh, uh, Texas if he's from Omaha, right? Um, so <clears throat> that has been, I think, a depressing drag on the futures market, which in turn drags the cash market along with it because people are basis traders down there especially. So, yes, let's get rid of this August contract here by Wednesday and see if we don't have a little cleaner uh, trading futures market and maybe a little more optimistic cash market as well. Did it surprise you, though, that we saw cash from one extreme to the other during this trading week? Well, you know, and really, so, so I'm a cattle feeder, whether people like that or not. I'm also a commodity broker. but So I sold cattle for $1.30 for my brother for me, but sold my own cattle this week for $1.30 picked up. Pretty salty in northwest Iowa, right? Uh, and then there's some trade in the south as poor as 122. Now, today yet, I had a customer sell cattle uh, to a regional for 205. Uh, really not too bad. You know, that's 129 if they yield anything. Uh, and that was after the three-day, you know, uh, 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 crappy futures trade that we had. Uh, so um, I think the cash market, <clears throat> the reality is the packer's making so much money that he's going to keep blood on the floor. Uh, and I think the North is much more current and a lot less supply than what the trade really thought we had coming into this time of year. So let's hope the North can pull these guys along. I did a little bit of a study where you have North, the premium, the South. Generally speaking, the market it tends to trend higher because you're usually the last to get current. When we're the first to be current, we have a tendency to make the market that has a tendency to make the market go higher. Well, it's got to be, I mean, frustrating, though, because you're trying to, to market your cattle and you see one extreme to the other within a week makes you wonder, do I hold out and hopefully it evens out the next week? Well, and people that aren't cattle feeders, Susan, or, or, or livestock feeders, that <clears throat> probably don't have the appreciation for it. You know, you can store your corn in a bin. If you don't like the market, put it in a bin. I can't store my cattle. You know, I can store them for a very, very short window when they're, uh, you know, premium ability to be sold. And, and then after that, they become more difficult. So, yeah, a perishable commodity like this is a whole other dynamic. Very, very well put. Stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue to talk about the livestock aspect, about what's been happening in African swine fever, and then we'll jump over to the grain side of the trade as we wrap up a trading week. It's the Fontenau Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. No other. In Ruskin, see Power Management. Or in Hastings, see TNL Irrigation. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield from the Nebraska State Fair. So we are in the exhibit hall. You're going to hear a lot of chatter coming from folks who are attending the fair this year. And, of course, some of the things they've been talking about has been these markets. And Brad Coima joins us. Again, he is with Coima, Coima and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. And, Brad, we actually had a conversation this morning with, with a producer that was here at the State Fair that was talking about African swine fever. And he was asking questions, you know, when that report came out yesterday that the USDA was going to start tightening or making a heightened awareness to ASF in the Caribbean. But then today, the market's got a little bit of a rumor blip, and it sure affected the hogs for a while. Right. There's no doubt about it. And, and you know, that, that story about increasing uh, the, the, whatever the testing in the Caribbean, that quickly morphed into <clears throat> that 
there was a positive uh, a case of uh, ASF in a feral hog in Puerto Rico. Well, um, you know, obviously, quickly, uh, that's a territory of the United States. And, you know, I mean, I think what happens, believe it or not, folks, the way, there is algorithms that are written to react to any kind of news headline that's got the wrong combination of words. And I can tell you that a wrong combination is U.S. and ASF, right? So even though it's a territory and shouldn't, you know, so that was, I think, some of the violence of the reaction late yesterday. <clears throat> and then by this morning, though, it was like, okay, never mind. They don't even think that there was a positive one. So everybody breathed a sigh of relief, right? Uh, and uh, one would hope that even if they had one in Puerto Rico, it shouldn't impact the U.S., but... It doesn't sound like you do, so I think we had a big relief rally, I would call it, um, and and you know enough to, to get the charts even looking a little bit better. Now, Susan, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I'm not I'm not particularly enamored with the hogs here, um, and that's because I think um, I think China's getting their hog production back on their feet, which is I think why China buys beans about every day uh, because they need the feed, um, and so I uh, you know for for the hog. A clientele here uh, that's still independents, which aren't very many of them. You know, we're, we're kind of in more of a risk-off mode here and, and using rallies to maybe do something about managing some risk here on the hog futures. Well, let's jump over to the livestock side. You talk about the grains. They kind of broke early. We had some rains moving through, and I'm sure, you know, Iowa got some rains as well. So good news for the crops, but how did the markets react? Well, like one of the... You're getting to the, to the point here, uh, calendar-wise, where, you know, the rain certainly has... You know, we'll, we'll take it, right? In fact, we had a beautiful rain where I live, uh, inch and a half to two inches of rain. Um, it, corn probably is what it is, but uh, late rains like that is impactful for soybeans. And, and that's how we initially started with, you know, quite a bit lower, 20-some lower on the beans. Um, but by golly, you know, and I think it was weather, that you kind of impressed with the resiliency on the grains here. You, they can't really knock them out either, you know, like a heavyweight fighter or whatever. We... Uh, we actually crawled all the way back to uh, steady higher, or at least a little better on the on the corn, and you know, really to only be down three cents on the November beans after the way they were. It almost feels like a victory. Um, you know, there's enough uncertainty about what the real crop size is, <clears throat> and you can hear whatever you want to. And I'm hearing them right here because guys are starting to cut silage. This, this poor corn is really poor. Um, you know, and 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 as we move you know further into the deal, we'll probably find some corn that's not that's better. You know, so. I, I think that that uncertainty is going to keep the market from really wrecking. Now, we've had solid, solid export news here for a week or two, both on the corn and on the beans, um, and and I think that that continues to support the market as well. I I guess my view on the market, if you care, is that I think you got four to six weeks here yet where the market's probably, to me, going to be more sideways to lower, um, and I think maybe a low more like... Um, or the 1st of October would fit me. And then we'll see once if this crop is really as big as everybody, or as the USDA thinks it is. Now, what Harbinger here, though, I think you still have a question or not whether we've got these acres just right. I, um, you know, I think everybody's still looking for a little reconciling of, of those uh, planted acres. Uh, those, could, those could move around a little bit. I think the corn acreage numbers is probably a little low. What's your basis thought for, for corn and beans at this point? Here in the old crop, it's still very strong. Uh, starting to weaken a little in the new. I'm curious what's going to happen here sometime in the next four to six weeks when we uh, do that flip into new crop. <clears throat> the, the, the Delta, you know, that the, the places that have corn that will be ready by September, uh, I'm told by all accounts that the crop in that region is very, very good. 
So, uh, you know, if you got some old crop corn, I'd want to take advantage of this, this strong basis. Um, uh, around here, the basis in the beans is, is relatively strong, but not like it was. Uh, but still would indicate, you know, stuff that generally would tell you things are relatively tight. All right. What's the one thing you want to watch for as we head out of this weekend into Monday's trade or Sunday's overnight trade? I would say hopefully a uh, less explosive global, the uncertain side of the thing. Um, uh, you know, let's hope we can get our arms around COVID. Uh, let's hope that things settle down just a wee bit in, in, in the Middle East, which that's never going to happen, I guess. But All right. Sounds good, Brad. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call us, 800-358-3047. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell, right here, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your dealers on the Rural Radio Network.